Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Hello again. Today is Thursday, November the 4th. This is the Illuminated Word Podcast, and I am David McLean. Can I just take a second to just let the fact set in that it is November already. This year is flying by. Uh, but as we move towards Sunday, as we are looking at the resurrection, are we today we're going to be reading from Matthew's account of the resurrection in Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 20. It reads, After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. And suddenly there was a violent earthquake, because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his robe was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken from fear of him that they became like dead men. But the angel told the women, Don't be afraid, because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. But he is not here, for he has been resurrected just as he said. So come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead. In fact, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. Just then Jesus met them and said, Good morning. They came up, and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus told them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. As they were on their way, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. After the priest had assembled with the elders and agreed on a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money and told them, Say this, His disciples came during the night and stole him while we were sleeping. And if this reaches the governor's ears, we'll deal with him and and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been spread among Jewish people to this day. The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So I believe we're all very familiar with the resurrection. If not, then maybe we should uh, have a conversation about that uh, later. But this is a a very popular story uh, that is read many, many times, um, especially the Great Commission that we call there at the end, the last couple of verses we read. Um, we see uh, this, this the mourning still going on. We see uh, the despair still there, and then suddenly the tomb uh, is empty. Uh, and so then we see this excitement, this, uh, this almost chaotic scene where some are believing, some are doubting, some are running around and kind of going crazy. Uh, but we actually talked about the resurrection uh, in our class recently. On Wednesday nights, we've been doing a series called uh, Questions uh, That We Should Ask and Answer. And one of those was about Jesus and the resurrection. 
and I showed him a picture of a bumper sticker that read, my God is too big for any one religion. And really how that message is, it's okay to believe in God, but it's arrogant and ignorant to say that one religion is true and that others are not. And sometimes people tell a story about an elephant to kind of explain this view. See, in the story, an elephant walked into a village where everyone was blind. The villagers were fascinated by the strange creature. One villager touched the elephant's leg and said the elephant was like a tree. And another touched its ear and said the elephant was like a fan. And a third person touched his trunk and said the elephant was like a snake and, and so on. And soon arguments began to, to break out among the people. And all the villagers had felt different parts of the elephant and discovered a, a piece of the truth about this amazing animal. But because they were blind, they couldn't see the whole elephant. So they didn't see how all these different truths fit together. You know, in, in, in a similar way, people claim that different religions hold pieces of truth about God, but no one religion holds it all. And so people say we shouldn't argue about which religion is right. We should just learn from each religion. Because between all of us, we might just get the whole truth about God. But, but there's some problems with the elephant story and the argument it represents. I mean, first, the villagers uh, are blind. Uh, but the person telling the story can see. You know, so it might sound respectful to Christians and Muslims and Buddhists, Hindus, Jews, to say that if they saw the big picture, they all realized they each held a piece of the truth. But it's actually not respectful at all. Because if you say this, what you're really saying is that Christians, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, and Jews are all blind, but you alone can see. And, you know, another problem with the elephant story is that it has no place or, or explanation for people who change their religious beliefs. Uh, in other words, why would they go from one to the other uh, if, if they're all right in some way? Um, and then a third problem with the idea that, that all religions are equally true is that different religions contradict each other, which brought us uh, to the resurrection. You know, Christians from all different cultures believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one can come to God uh, except through him. But, but religions start contradicting each other when we get to the center of the Christian faith. And the center of the Christian faith is what we just read. It is the claim that Jesus died on a cross and then was physically raised from the dead three days later. If this is not true, if the resurrection did not happen, then Christianity is not true. You know, or as, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. In other words, without the resurrection, Christianity is useless. This is the center. This is the crux of our faith. This is what sets us apart uh, one of the things that sets us apart from, from all the other religions. But if we look at two other major religions that have uh, most in common with Christianity, that would be Judaism and Islam, we find that Jews and Muslims disagree with what is central to our faith, disagree with the central claim of Christianity. See, Jews believe that Jesus died and stayed dead. And Muslims believe that Jesus didn't die, but just appeared to die, and that he was taken up to heaven. But Christians believe that Jesus died and rose to life again. I mean, there's, there's one thing that we can all know for sure. Jesus was either physically raised from the dead or he wasn't. If you had a video camera set up on the tomb back then, you would either see him walk out or not. And so you can't say that what Christians think and what Muslims think and what Jews think about Jesus are all right because He's either the resurrected king of the universe who defeated sin and death, or he's not. You know, and, and Jesus' claims about himself are outrageous, but 
they sounded just as outrageous in the first century as they do now. And so the crux, the center of our faith is the one thing we can't disagree on. We can't agree to disagree. We can't, you can't be a follower of Christ and not believe in the resurrection. The resurrection is central to everything that happens. Uh, and history will agree on one thing, that is the tomb was empty. Now they may disagree on how the tomb got empty, but the tomb was empty. Even Matthew writes about the the, uh, the priests gathering together and they come up with a plan. The chief priests come up with a plan and they tell the soldiers, hey, hey, hey if, anybody, if anybody brings it up, just, just tell them that, that his followers came and stole his body while you were asleep. And see, even they admit that the tomb was empty. So the resurrection is the center of our faith. It's the crux of everything that we believe in. Why? Well, because just as he promised, Jesus rose from the dead. And so, because he promised he would raise from the dead, and then he raises from the dead, we can be confident that he will accomplish everything that he has promised. And his bodily resurrection shows us that, uh, that Christ is the ruler of God's eternal kingdom. He's not some false prophet or imposter, but he is the ruler of the kingdom. You know, and we can be certain of our resurrection because he was resurrected. So, death is not the end for us. There is future life. Another reason why the resurrection is important is because it tells us that the power that brought Jesus back to life is available to us to bring our spiritually dead selves back to life. And then another thing is that the resurrection is the basis for our witness to the world. That's why they see the resurrection, they see Jesus resurrected, and then he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So go, baptize, make disciples of all nations, and teach them everything I have commanded you. God gave Jesus authority over heaven and earth. And so just on that basis of authority, Jesus tells his disciples to make more disciples as they preached and baptized and taught. And even still, Jesus still commands us to tell others the good news, made them disciples of the kingdom. You know, we start asking, what is my purpose in life? And Jesus, our purpose is, is summed up right here by Jesus. We are to to move in the authority of Jesus, the authority that he has given us, and invite others into a discipleship relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach people to understand and obey the heart of Jesus' commands. And then as he reminds us, uh, we can't do this on our own, so he will be with us no matter what. And this isn't a... Uh, like teaching them and you know just giving them five points and then moving on. This is more of living life together, walking together, as we are going about, as we're moving you know, to and, and from, may we build relationships with people where they will listen to us, where they want to hear what we have to say, and then admitting, hey, you know what? I don't have all this figured out. I'm just trying to walk the path that God has laid before me. And sometimes I stumble. Sometimes I fall. Sometimes you know, I make the wrong choices. Sometimes I veer off that path, but I'm trying to walk that path. And so let's walk this path together. Because the one thing that we can agree on is that Jesus was in fact resurrected from the dead. And that changes everything for everyone, if we choose to believe that. I hope this was a blessing to you in some way. I hope that um, you gained something out of it. 
I hope that you have been looking for ways to be a blessing to others this week, to, to look for opportunities for God to use you, uh, to make a difference in someone's life around you, because it may just be a simple action with someone who that actually shares the gospel with them, that shows them that they are valuable, and necessary, and important to God. So until next week, I hope that you have a blessed day.